Okay, let us pray. Our precious Father, we thank you for the privilege we have tonight, even to share your words, to study your scriptures. We trust you that you will teach us, cause your word to enter every hearer and bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we, I would like that door closed. I don't want it open. So we are in prayer first. We're going to be talking about prayers, uh, mostly this period, to get us ready. Prayer first is not fasting. It's prayer festival. We should have started it the 1st of December. But because I had carryover on teaching on doctrines, I needed to at least end it where I ended it. Even though I didn't, it's not where I was planning. But at least that's a sufficient place to leave it. Uh, so now we can go on to talk about prayer. So today we are, our topic is praying to get results. Surprisingly, that's exactly what I preached exactly one year ago. <clears throat> but today we have a different subtopic. It's praying the will of God. Praying the will of God. Our text is Mark 8:36. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. So, we need to really rethink prayer. We need to rethink prayer. We focus prayer a lot on what we get, physical things, which is okay. But we need to find biblical priorities and follow it in prayer. And then we'll be able to assess every other time in our life. So we're going to make an attempt to show us what should really constitute the bulk of our prayer in this season that we're preparing to pray. I'm going to talk a little bit about fast, fasting. So... The purpose of prayer must be clear to all of us. The purpose of prayer is to establish the will of God on earth. That's the purpose of prayer. To establish the will of God on earth in your life, for a city, for a group, for a nation. That's the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is to establish the will of God in your life, in a city, in a place, in your nation, in your family. That's the purpose of prayer. First John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. If we ask anything outside his will, he will not hear. That's the converse of the scripture. Then in Matthew 16, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Ephesians 1, 11. In him, we also were made God's heritage portion, and we obtained an inheritance. For we had been foreordained, chosen, and appointed beforehand in accordance with his purpose. Our calling to Christ was in accordance with divine purpose, divine will. The inheritance he gave us in Christ was in accordance to his purpose. Who works all works out everything that God works out. Everything is in agreement with the counsel and design of his own will. Everything God does is towards executing his will. 
No, you can't even imagine that God will begin to do the will of a man or the will of anything else. Is anybody going to be wiser than God? So prayer is not to come and teach God what to do or to establish our own will. We must be clear about this. In Isaiah 40, 13, it says, Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who? Who knows enough to give him advice, to teach him? Teach him about your life. He knows everything, knows the day you are living this earth. Who knows enough to advise to, or teach him? 14. Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right and show him the path of justice? 15. No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than a dust, more than dust on the scale. Can you imagine how much does a dust, dust weigh on the scale? God is saying all the nations of this earth, they're just like dust. They don't want anything. They don't have weight. They don't have anything. Just like dust, but in a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust. That's it. You can't go and be advising God, telling God, I'm moving the hand of God, I can move God. It was in your time. For all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket, they are nothing more than dust on the scale. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. That's God. So prayer is not to go and show God how religious you are. Show, you know, go and t- 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 tell him what to say. So the Bible says, you know, you know, commanding me. So you start commanding God around. That scripture is not what he say. You should honor God. You should, you should respect God all the time. Okay? So from the above purpose in prayer, we can easily see, can easily see what will be the primary uh, be the primary use of prayer. Apart from many other benefits that prayer offers, we can see the primary use of prayer is to establish divine will in my life, in your church, in your family, in your nation. Here is God's primary will for everyone who is in Christ. We must understand this. The primary will of God is not about physical things. Understand it. Here is the primary will of God for everyone who is in Christ. It is to be preserved in Christ until Jesus comes. So that none is lost. That's the primary will of God for your life. That you are preserved in Christ Jesus. So that the, 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 all the data on the cross will not be wasted. John 18, 9. that the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke, of them which thou gavest me, have I lost none. I didn't lose anyone. Let me say something very interesting. You may not know, but you are a gift to Christ that God gave him. You are a gift that God gave Jesus. Say, those thou gavest me. All of us in Christ are gifts that God gave to Jesus. You are a special gift that God gave him. So he said, I lost none. 
will accept the son of perdition so that the scripture will be fulfilled. They look at Jude chapter 1, verse 1. The servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God, number one, when you came to Christ, you were sanctified by faith that is in Christ Jesus. You receive cleansing of the blood. You receive forgiveness of sins. You don't have to beg God to forgive your sins. God already put your sins on Christ Jesus. He told the church to go and preach forgiveness of sin. The church is not doing that. He said, tell them that I've made my son to be seen for them so that they become the righteousness of God. And all they, all they need to do is to come and accept what I'm offering them. That's how we're giving the ministry of reconciliation. Who am I to be praying for you when I too was saved by grace? Where do I find that standing to be your intercessor before Christ? So you are sanctified by God, the Father. Number one. Number two, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Preserved. Preserved. Then called to preach the gospel. You can see that the Holy Spirit is not confused. Number one, we are sanctified by God, the Father, and we are preserved in Jesus Christ. And we are called now to preach the gospel. It's in that order. So now that we are sanctified by God, it's important to God that we are preserved. And it's important to him that we answer the call and go and preach the gospel. So to live in Christ and not in the world, to live the new life Christ died to give us, is being preserved in him. Quit means God wants us not to live in the world but to live in Christ, to be preserved, to be kept in him. In him we live, move. We move in him daily and then have our identity. That's number one will of God for you and for me and for every Christian. John 6, 26. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me. <laughs> you seek me. I'm not saying you don't seek me. You come to church. You're also fast. You seek me, all right. I'm not denying you seek me. But why are you seeking me? Not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. You seek me because you want miracle, you want new jobs, and this one, and this one, so all those things that perish with the using. Said, you seek me, not saying you are not seeking me. But those are not being preserved in Christ. So, he said, number verse 27. Do not labor for food which perishes. Don't, don't labor over those things. But for the food which endures to everlasting life. Everlasting life. It is to be regretted that the focus of the body of Christ is not in living the life of Christ. It's in miracles for me. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. Quit the Son of Man, we give you, because God the Father has sent his seal on him. <coughs> then, 
they said to him, okay, what shall we do? <laughs> because right, they were looking for bread. They wanted that bread badly. Because if you read, they started telling him, Moses gave us bread now. So you, your prophet, say, prophet, give us bread too. So they were asking him, since you are not giving us this bread, what can we do now to make the bread happen? We need that bread. <laughs> what shall we do that we may walk the works of God? These are people not seeking him for anything eternal, but for bread. You think that they are planning to do the work of God? Is it not for bread? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him he has sent. Believe in me, and you have eternal life. Want to do the work of God? Believe in me and receive eternal life. Brethren, the days in which we live are seriously perilous days. Deceit everywhere. Demonic doctrines everywhere. False prophets everywhere. False miracles everywhere. These are indeed perilous days. And these things work against the Christian living this life because the mainstream culture is primarily entertainment-based. Where people are fed all manner of nakedness, nudity, junk, witchcraft. Children are fed witchcraft in schools. All manner of things. Because that's what makes money. The moment of unrighteousness. That's what spins money. For them. Because that's their God. So living in this culture that oppresses you as a Christian, that really, really challenges your faith, and you're looking at people you are working with, they don't believe what you believe. And sometimes you are really afraid even to declare that you're a Christian because they could fire you there. If you declare you're a Christian, <clears throat> they put you in a different category in their mind. They have taken note. So 2 Timothy 3 said, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. <clears throat> For men will be lovers of themselves. Yeah. Lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boosters. Proud. Blasphemous. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Unloving. Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, entertainment, game, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness for some of them, but they deny the power that makes you live the life. And from such people turn away. First Timothy 4, verse 1. Now this way speak it expressly that in the later times, some, some, not everybody, but some will depart from the faith. You know why they depart? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of de devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their conscience Seared with a hot iron. Then there's this forgotten war. We think of spiritual warfare, but there's a war that's more dangerous than that one. Talked away, 
We don't talk about it, but it's raging every day. You have, the world is against you. The world values are totally against what you believe. And they are so bold about it, persecuting you left, right, and center. And here in your own life, you have this serious battle also going on. I call it the forgotten war. Raging daily. Very subtle, but real, and true. But the target is your soul. The target is your life. First Peter 2.11. <clears throat> Dear friends, I want you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires. Warning that wage war against your very soul to destroy it. Waging war against my soul and your soul is simple worldly desires, fashions of this world, whatever the world does. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Then Peter says something very interesting. Second Peter 1 thing. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence. It requires diligence to make your calling and the election sure. Otherwise, it can, it can falter. And you follow those who have fallen from the faith. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Be diligent to do those things. So we're just trying to do some introductory teaching here to point us to what really is the primary will of God for your life. So when you're planning, <laughs> praying and fasting, you should know what is number one on your list. As we go on, you will see it. So all that matters most is the new life in Christ Jesus. Galatians 6.14, as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ because of that cross, because of that cross alone, my interest in this world was crucified. And the world's interest in me has, been, has also died. 15. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether <coughs> we have been transformed into a new creation. That's what counts. Doesn't matter whether you're a senior pastor. <laughs> this is what matters. Transformed into a new creation. It's your soul being preserved in Christ. Are you living in Him? In Him you move, not in the world. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. When you read, think. Colossians 3.11, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, whether you are a brick, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. These are the things that matter. Primary will of God for you and for me. So we need to really change our paradigm, therefore, 
to make serious prayer investment into understanding the new life to start with, which you have, and living it by faith, like Jesus said, you want to do the work of God. He said, believe in him that he has said. Living it by faith, as our Lord Jesus said, that the only way we can walk the works of God is by believing the Lord Jesus Christ. Living this new life is in view of all the adversities which are real that we face daily. So, prayer is now absolutely needed. Therefore, we need to invest in prayer along this line. Not along the line of bread and butter. Again, we're not saying you shouldn't pray for personal need. You should. You ought to. <clears throat> but what is God pointing out to us this evening that is the primary will of God for me? Because if you don't pray, the world will defeat you. If you don't pray, they will crowd you in. You might be coming to church. He said, you seek me. Yeah, I'm not saying you don't come. But check out. You become lukewarm. You have reasons not to do this. It's just, just a backsliding already. Oh, you have wonderful reasons. Don't forget the garden of yourself together. But you know better than him. And you have beautiful reasons. Aren't you backsliding already? Especially when it's consistent. So a prayer is absolutely needed. <clears throat> this is what is wrong with bread and butter prayer that focuses only on earthly things and nothing spiritual. If you go to average prayer meeting, it's binding the devil, casting out Satan. It's fire on him, kill him and do everything. And it's your enemies that are responsible. And then people can't take responsibility for what they do wrong. Because once it's pushed on the devil, so what, what am I going to be there? I'm fine. And the thing is continuing. Because it could be what you're doing causing your trouble. So this is what is wrong with this bread and butter focus prayer. Again, we're not saying you shouldn't pray for your needs. Please don't misunderstand me. James 4.3. <clears throat> and even when you ask, you don't get it. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Because your motives are all wrong. Why? You want only what will give you pleasure. Yep. Yep. You see why if we are just, if we are just, before you finish prayer, God answer. If we are just, it properly. Now, example. <clears throat> that the Holy Spirit left for the church is in the Bible. You won't hear these prayers in churches. Neither will you hear. Today, it doesn't matter because they, all, they are chasing the devil. But the Holy Spirit left us sample prayers. That word is lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. You want to pray? This is how. This is what I'm leaving for you to cop. Therein you will see my primary will for you. <clears throat> so, let's look at some of them. Colossians 1.9. So we have not stopped praying for you. Really? Since we first heard about you, we asked God to give you jobs, wives, marriages. Because they needed all these things. 
But the, the Holy Spirit said, the primary thing is this first. Look at it here. <clears throat> give you complete knowledge. We ask God to give you, number one, complete knowledge of his will. Yep. So you will understand that your focus is to be preserved in Christ and called to preach. So you will understand it. Brethren, that you hear someone preaching doesn't mean you understand it too. It doesn't even mean that they are entered you. It doesn't mean that. Complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Talk to me. Let's talk. Where do you hear it? Where do you see Christians praying this kind of prayer for themselves, for their family, for their children? Then, verse 10, the way you live will always honor and praise the Lord. Because you need that divine help. Without Christ, we can do nothing. You can't. I can't. We'll always honor and praise the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Primary purpose and will of God is this. And God wants us to invest in prayer towards this end. Your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while now, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. 11. <clears throat> we also pray that we'll be strengthened. <laughs> yeah. Strengthened with all his glorious power. Yep. The Lord is the strength of my life. Strengthened. So you will have all the endurance. Okay. Fruit of the Spirit are showing up here now. Because without this strength, your endurance can be, can be flesh. You can endure for one day. The second day, you start, you start fighting, start back, start gossiping back, you start getting angry. In fact, some of us, our endurance is as short as five minutes. By the time it's a six minute, boom. So you have all the endurance and patience you need <clears throat> when you pray. When you pray, you may be filled with joy. May you be filled with joy. Then he came to prayer where he's thanking God for the blessings in Christ. Where he's thanking God for the blessings in Christ. Verse 12, always thanking the Father, not sometimes. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. All the blessings of God are yours. He has enabled you to share in them now. 13. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Does it look like what you hear people pray all the night fighting the devil? These people are thanking God that they have been set free, rescued from Satan. These people are saying no, they are bound by Satan and they are fighting the devil. Question is, what did Jesus really achieve on the cross? Either he didn't achieve anything, either, he, either the devil defeated him, God forbid, which is not true. And he now left so that we go and do the battle. Just we quote scripture and say, we fight not flesh and blood. But we don't read it well. It's talking about the wives of the devil. 
the deceit of Satan. Satan coming to tell you that you are a sinner. That you are not sanctified. That you don't have any blessing. <clears throat> to deceive you. To deny the word of God. Deny the, Jesus said, if you deny me, I will deny you before my father. He wants you to do that because he knows the consequence of that. We read it. He said, God will give you the perfect knowledge of his will. His will. So here, it's talking God that God has done this. He's not telling them, Brethren, we have all night tonight too. You must come. Power. Must, power. <laughs> today, today. Every devil in town go. I think they all come back. I don't know. Maybe they go and come back in the morning. Because in the evening we are back uh, chasing them out. He says, always thanking the Father. Always. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. Who live in the light. 13. For he has, not going to, rescued pastors, us, <clears throat> from the kingdom of darkness. Transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. That's where we are. Always thanking the Father for this. 14. Who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. <clears throat> Here comes Paul. Knowing that <clears throat> this is the primary will of God for the church. Here comes Paul. Galatians 4.19. My little children of whom I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Really, you see one of the reasons that many people are carnal is because they don't pray about it. It doesn't form a primary prayer topic. They don't even see the need for it. Paul said, I travel until this happens. Because without Christ, we can do nothing. Colossians 2.1. <clears throat> I want you to know how much I have agonized for you. What? <laughs> mean, this is serious business. I've agonized for you and for the church in Laodicea, and for many other believers who have never even met me personally. Why are you agonizing, Paul? Because except the Lord builds, except he does, except he opens their eyes, they will not see. There's a blinding spirit going around. So verse 2, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, that they understand this thing. Why? Which is Christ himself. Three, in him lie hidden all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. Why are you doing this, Paul? <clears throat> Verse four, I am telling you this so no one will deceive you. <laughs> we live in perilous times. No one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments for though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. Why? I travel for you. It's needed. Needed. Epaphras, Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently. You see, travel. Laboring fervently for you in prayers. Why? 
that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. <clears throat> Does it look like the prayer you hear anyway? Now, I was surprised that the church is weak. I was surprised. Gossip. People, gossip, gossip, gossip. Anger, anger, anger. Carry <laughs> resentment, resentment, resentment. Lying. Lying. <clears throat> and I said it here. I said, do you know that <laughs> Christians don't trust each other? They know what is going on. They don't trust each other now. Bring out money, you see what I'm telling you. They don't trust each other. Because they understand what they are doing. What we are, no, me, including me, what we are all doing. Epaphratus, one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently for you in prayer, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he had a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. You see why people come, who come to church, and they go and take things and they won't pay. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, one year they won't pay. They are taking more. They won't pay. They will not pay because they have been blinded by Satan. Greed. If they start praying this prayer, their eyes will open. They will never do, they won't do that again. Because they start understanding the will of God. And it means they want to now be preserved in Christ. They want to walk in him. So if someone else <clears throat> will do this for, for us, praying for us, question is, shouldn't we also do it for ourselves? Shouldn't it be part of what we're going to be praying for? And not only this period. So adjusting our prayer, top, our prayer topic now, we bring it up and go and all this prayer that you saw, you put it on your bed while you pray. Every day you go and pray it. Put your name there. I'm doing six months and see what will happen in your life. Just right. See, see what will happen. You, you'll be asking yourself, oh my God, why haven't I been doing this? Put your name there. Say, Lord, this is the prayer you gave the church to learn from. I'm praying it for myself. For myself so that the way I live will always please you. Do it six months. These people say we pray every day, all the time. This is our prayer. This is what Peter talked about being, you know, um, being invested in living the life of Christ. Second Peter 1.3. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to live to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence, virtue. By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises. So that through them, you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, the lust and greed. Where do you find greed and lust? Most. You find divorce all over the place. Rottenness and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness. 
lust and greed, and be, become sharers, partakers of the divine nature. Five, for this very reason, listen to this, what Peter is saying to the church. For this reason, that you want to escape this corruption, you, want to, you don't want to be, you want to be preserved in Christ, living this life. For this very reason, adding your diligence. <clears throat> so when you pray about this issue, pray about it diligently. To the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue. We pray, keep praying. I know your will, that I know your plans for me. I, I want to understand salvation. I want to understand what you did for me in Christ. Don't assume you understand it. Then, virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence, six. And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness. That is patience. And You see, you are developing it. You have them in you, but he says you should, you should work hard diligently to develop it. And that includes prayer as we have seen. Question is, how many people really pray about this? He said, excellence resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence, six. And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance. And in exercising steadfastness, you develop godliness, piety. And <clears throat> in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. In exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For as these things, qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you. Listen to this. Listen to this, child of God. For as these qualities are yours, that is, you leave them out. They become your life. And increasingly abound in you, then you will keep you. They will keep you from being idle or unfruitful. Unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah and the Anointed One. It's not just quoting scripture. Is it producing? Is it producing? Verse 9. For whosoever lacks these qualities is blind. So why should we pray and invest in it? Is blind, spiritually short-sighted, seeing only what is near to him. Doesn't see anything beyond. It's just, it was by sight. Was by sight. Only what is near to him. And has become oblivious to the fact that he was even cleansed from his old sins. He doesn't even, he's oblivious to it. Because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and the election. For if you do this, if you do this, 
condition. If you do this, you will never stumble or fall. 11. Thus, there will be richly and abundantly provided for you. Entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your prayer will be put. You have asked that to Why? Because you walk in tandem with him. Your prayer is his will. And God will always answer it. You know, Jesus said, he said, when he came, he said, I came to do that will, O God. He, said, he announced it. He said, what I came is to do your will, O He said, I don't have interest in doing my will. I don't have interest. No, no, no. The primary purpose of God is that I live and do his will. Primary purpose. So if you are invested in that, why do you think other things will not be added to your life? Verse 12 <clears throat> says, So I intend always to remind you about these things. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to stop you about these things, although indeed you know them and are firm in the truth that you now hold. But I will always remind you these truths. So now we're trying to pray, fasting and prayer. You should know what should be number one on your prayer list. The early apostles knew this. They understood this thing. They were not lost. It was not lost on them. Look at Acts 6.4. But will we give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the world? Continually. Continually. We need help. We need help. We need him. Without him, we can do nothing. Continually. Peter said, be diligent to do this. And prayer makes much power available to help us live this life. Against, remember that there are a lot of opposition. A lot from so many directions. A lot. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The honest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That's why we should pray about this one. Produces so that the way I live, the way you live, will always please the Lord. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell. For three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth sent, began to yield its crop. But the question is, where is your heart and where is my heart? Because that is what decides all of this. Where is my heart tonight? What is treasure to you? What is treasure to me? Is the new life Christ gave you a treasure? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. You see, your prayer topics reveals where your treasure is. Your prayers will reveal exactly what you think is important. Second Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure from God. Oh, man. This treasure from God. Paul said it's a treasure, man. In, in fact, it, it describes as indescribable. Treasure from God. But we were only like 
clay, jazz, that holds this treasure. This is to show that the amazing power we have is from God, not from us. That's why we pray. This power manifesting is from God. It's not from us. Say, because we are made clay. Or do we invest in the things that perish with the using? Like Colossians 2.22 says, such rules are my human teachings about things that de deteriorate as we use them. They deteriorate as we use them. So we need to develop affection for things above or things on earth. The moment you flip your affection, you, you, you reposition yourself for marvelous, marvelous, marvelous move of God. But not before then. In Colossians 3, 1 to 5. <clears throat> Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to, to yearn for all that is above. We yearn for all that is above, people. For that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of all power. Honor and authority, yes. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm. And fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. And not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the ties to this life. And now, your true life is hidden away in God in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. For you are now one with him in his glory. Live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who has died to the desires for forbidden things including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. <clears throat> you know, we leave out what God told us to do and be chasing what God said don't do. That's the problem. We go around judging people, finding fault with them. God didn't assign us that. God said, I'm the judge of all the flesh, but we take it upon ourselves. Think we know better, everybody. So we judge, did this, you'd have done this, why did this? Did God appoint you a judge? Jesus said to somebody, who make it me a judge over you? Did God appoint you a judge? The book of James, the lawgiver is the only one who judges. He said, why should you be judging you? Did you give the law? All of us are supposed to be obeying God. So the things that God says, I'm going to add to you, is where we spend our time. But the one that God says, this is what I want you to do, we don't do that. We go and be burdened about the one God says, leave it to me. But you do this one. And things just don't work out. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Did you see that? And live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Simple. He didn't say every, pursue everything you need. He said, no, no. Seek this. My priority is to preserve you in Christ. So that you live this life of Christ, in him you move. Yeah, I gave you a treasure, 
Don't waste it. Oh, but no. No, no, no. I'm okay with God, okay? A disciplined prayer life along this line we saw in scriptures is required. Not loading up on temporary things that do not last. First Peter 4, 7. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be honest and disciplined in your prayers. That's the team that our blood brother gave us for, I think, for the prayer first. I'm not sure. I think so. Be disciplined in your prayer. So you can see that if you are not disciplined, if you are not committed to it, it won't last. You know, one time, the Lord told me something. He said, I want you to, I want you to study scriptures three hours every day and then pray three hours every day. I said, Lord, does it include times of meditation? He said, yeah. The times you meditate on scripture is included. And I started to do that. And then one day he said to me, he said, you know, I'm not trying to put you under bondage or anything. He said, all I'm trying to do is to show you something. That if you do not set goals for your spiritual life, the devil will set goals for you. He said, see, since you started it, you have put aside this. You put aside this. He said, see, did you notice it? He said, before, you, you won't. Because you would think, yeah, I can't. No. He said, no. He said, no, I have to. He said, that's what I wanted to teach you. That you need to be disciplined in your study life. Disciplined in your prayer life. Consistency is what makes everything work. Somebody says, whatever you are looking for in life is at the other side of your consistency. It's consistency. Pursuit. It's not you pursue and stop. Consistency. First Corinthians 9, 24-27. Isn't it obvious that all runners of the race track keep on running to win, but only one receives the victor's prize? Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. A true athlete will be disciplined. <laughs> it comes up here. In every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel, wreath, which quickly with us. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, now, I don't run just for run. For, I don't run for exercising or boxing. I don't run just for exercising or box like one throwing endless punches. But I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body. And get it under my control so that after preaching this good news to others, I myself will not be dis disqualified. I need consistency, discipline, commitment to this prayer, this, this prayer. I need it myself. Because without God, without Christ, I can do nothing. He's the strength of my life. He said, you have not because you didn't ask. Now let's talk about fasting a little bit. <clears throat> One thing, there is no instruction in the Bible how to do it and how long or when is fasting. We were instructed to pray, to study, to give, to gather together, but not one verse teaches us how to fast, especially in the entire New Testament. But fasting is very, very beneficial indeed. So don't misunderstand me. It is, if it is done, not as a religious duty or take the place of Christ in relationship with God. Nobody comes to the Father except by faith in Christ Jesus. Everyone prays in the name of Jesus. 
actually. We do all things through Christ. We give praise. By him, give praise. By him, do by. We do all things through Christ. If you make, substitute Jesus with fasting, you draw zero because the work of your hand cannot bring you into the presence of God. Colossians 3.17. And whatsoever we do in word or deed, do all in the name. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God and the Father by him. You can't remove him. You can't come to God. Forget it. God will not accept anybody based on his self-righteousness or works of his hand. No. It won't happen. Look at this other scripture. Jesus is the shorty of the blessings we receive from God. He's, now, if you go to get loan from the bank and somebody stands shorty, if that person withdraws it, the bank is not giving you anything. Because the shorty says, if it's not paying, I pay. That's what Jesus did. And we don't have anything to pay. So he paid. He, he paid ahead of time. He paid with his life. Hebrews 7.22. By so much was Jesus made a shorty of a better testament with better promises. All that blessings was shorted by him, signed with his blood. He said, if they, don't have it, they can't pay you, Father. I paid with my life. So we can't we can set Christ aside in our relationship with God. <clears throat> That's the temptation. Where people think, because I fasted, God must do this. Because, no, because you are giving you, your faith is in what you did and not in Christ. Now, but fasting is very, very good, very, very beneficial, very, very useful, extremely important. Having said all of this, don't misunderstand me at all, but fasting is needed. But we found, it's interesting, we found tucked away in the Old Testament, God chosen fast. <laughs> Can't believe it. And the scripture says, all these things are written for example for us, to whom the end of this life world is come. God chosen fast. Man, whoa. Isaiah 58, 1 to 12. This is fast that God says, I have chosen. He didn't even talk of food. <laughs> this is where I saw God telling us his preferred fast. And his Bible. Isaiah 58, 1 to 12. And it has to do with living this life of love that we are talking about. Isaiah 58, 1. Cry aloud, spare not. He said, hey, prophet, cry aloud. Don't spare. Talk to them. Lift up your voice like a trumpet to tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily. We are going to be fasting. Jesus said, you seek me but what are they seeking me for? It's not what I wanted to seek me for. He said, you seek me. Look, fasting is not a problem. You can always forgo food. Especially, some people do that to, keep, to, to reduce weight. And they, that's what you are doing. They are getting your reward. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet, they seek me daily. They like to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They asked me the ordinances of justice. You think they want to know it? <laughs> God, I want to hear to this, this, this message. 
<laughs> I want to hear it. They ask me of the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Then, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our soul and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. You have pleasure-seeking people. And exploit all your laborers. <laughs> Indeed, you fast for strife. You're quarreling in the church. <laughs> you, have, you have bitterness against people. Tell me you are fasting for. You fast for, even when you are fasting, you have strife and debate, quarrel, argument, gossip. Yep. Yep. And to strike with the feast of wickedness. Hot people by what you say, because you have mouth. I don't care. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on her. I won't hear it too. Is it a fast that I have chosen? <clears throat> Even though you are afflicting yourself. Is that the fast God says, is this the fast I've chosen? It's not the fast I choose. A day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow slow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? I love you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Would you call this a fast? And an acceptable day of the Lord. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? God began to teach us what the church should go and study. This is the fast I have Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't forego food. No, no, don't misunderstand me. Please don't. You should, you should forego food. You should. I do fast. I do forego food. So you should forego. But let's read the Bible. And, and I said to the day of the Lord, is, the, is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bonds of wickedness. <clears throat> God is love. He does not love, does not know God. Lose the bond of wickedness. Let me see where I left it. Yeah? To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke you put on people. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast down? When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear end, God. Then you shall call, <clears throat> the Lord will answer. You shall cry. He will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of finger, 
and speaking wickedness, gossiping. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as noonday. The Lord will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in drought, strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repair of the bridge, the restorer of streets to dwelling. God said, this is what I choose. <clears throat> Preserved in Christ. That's why it's priority. Preserved. Living the life of Christ, the life of love. Now, look at 1 John 1, 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. Do not practice the truth. Now, let's go to 1 John 3, 5. We are reading 1 John 3, to, 3 5 to 8, 10 to 11, 14 to 16. And you know, what do you know? That he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. In this, the children of God, the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Is it not what God was telling them? <laughs> it's a wickedness. Don't bring it, don't be fasting and you're wicked. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We know that we have passed from death to life. Why? Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our life for the brethren. God says, you see this life, Israel, <clears throat> wickedness all over the place, gossiping all over the place. And, and when, you, when you're fasting, you even have pleasure. And all. You can't be doing this and call it fast. He said, what you need to fast is to fast away this iniquity among you. Take it away. Fast away wickedness from among you. Take it away. Fast away gossiping from among you. Pointing a finger from among you. Take it away. A Christian, the Bible says, in him we live, move, and have our being. His love and we're love. He who does not love does not know God. So as we're preparing to fast, we should, we should fast away everything that's not the nature of Christ and invest in prayer that God will help us to walk in his will, to walk consistently the way he planned us to live. And every other thing will be added to us. Do not take God's responsibility and bother yourself. Leave him. He knows what to do. You do the one he assigned you. And he will do the one that he says is his responsibility. Praise the Lord.
Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you, give you praise and glory for victory that we finished teaching this. And Lord, we so give you glory. I thank you for what you've done tonight, teaching us the kind of fast you prefer. That being in Christ, walking in Christ is number one. <clears throat> we should invest prayer in it. Because without you, we can do nothing. Thank you, precious Father, for those that have had, those who opened their eyes, those who understand it. We give you praise and give you glory. Those, thank you for those who will understand later. Because we prayed and you answered us. Blessed be thy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.